Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, I'm Miranda Wright, and this is day 118 of our 120-day Upper Room Prayer Campaign. And today we're going to pray for us and the church at large to have the faith to endure tribulation with patience, that we might be purified and made that pure and spotless bride living every day with the realization that our King is coming soon. In Daniel chapter 12, verse 7, it says, And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time, and times, and for half a time. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. And I heard, and I understood not. Then said I, O Lord, what shall the end of these things be? And he saith, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up, and are sealed until the time of the end. Then many shall be purified, and made white, and tried. But the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. You see, the Lord was telling Daniel to just record it. It wasn't for his lifetime. But among those who it was for, there would be a remnant who would believe it, who would understand it, the wise, those who fear the Lord, because the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fools will not understand. The wicked will continue in their sin. But those who reverence God, who trust him and seek him and live for him, they will understand. Because you see, this passage is part of the prophecies that were given to Daniel of the coming Antichrist and the end times. Outside of the writings of John of Patmos, which were recorded in the book of Revelations, there is no other man in scripture that revealed more revelation about the end times and the Antichrist than Daniel did. One of the reasons for this was because that though he may not have fully understood the things that was being told to him, he was able to relay it correctly because he had a knowledge of this Antichrist system, the governmental structure of it, because that he lived under the rule of Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon, who himself was a type of Antichrist. We understand that Paul said that the spirit of Antichrist is already in the world, though the man Antichrist had not yet been revealed to it. And one of the archetypes that we see through scripture who was used by this spirit was Nebuchadnezzar and his kingdom in which Daniel lived. One example of this can be found in Daniel chapter 3 where Nebuchadnezzar erects an image and decrees that all who do not bow and worship this image will be killed. We see this play out again in the last days under the Antichrist's rule when we read in Revelations chapter 13 verse 15. And he, the Antichrist, had power to give life unto the image of the beast, 
that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now, the Antichrist's image in the last days seems to be a bit more technologically advanced than that of Nebuchadnezzar's, but it's the same premise nonetheless. God had given Daniel a life experience that provided him with a knowing that allowed him to receive these end-time prophecies with faith and compassion because that he had lived as a captive in Babylon, yet had been faithful to his God in the midst of it, even in the face of persecution and threat of death. Remember that it was Daniel who had been thrown into the lion's den, and Daniel was actually a child, a friend, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who was thrown into the furnace of affliction, yet were they able to survive it because that Jesus was with them in it. So having that understanding, let us look again at our opening passage. In the verses leading up to this passage, Daniel had been given great detailed information about the end times. And so he asked the angel that spoke with him, when would all of these things come to pass? And they replied, when he, the Antichrist, shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. So the first very important bit of information to note here is that the Christians are here at this time period, and they are not only being persecuted, but they are being overcome and scattered. Now I know this flies in the face of many a please me, appease me, don't frighten me, I don't want to know what's coming messages. But it's the truth of God's word and there's a reason for it and we need to understand it so we're not blindsided by reality when it begins to happen. Because for many around the world, they've already experienced aspects of this and we need to understand the process, the purpose, and the power of tribulation because God doesn't do anything for no reason. So let us keep reading because we need to all prepare our hearts and our minds and our spirit for what Jesus continually preached was coming for the same reason that he preached it in his own time, that we not be offended when it happened, thinking that he has abandoned us, nor that we would become bitter at those who rise up against us but to understand that there is a purifying purpose, a process taking place that we might strengthen our resolve and our relationship with God, that we might be able to walk as Daniel did victoriously in difficult times. Because the word of God says that there will be an antichrist, a man of perdition that will arise who will stand against all that is holy, pure, and true, and will persecute the holy people, the believers, and that for a season he will overcome them and scatter them with great tribulation. Again, this is confirmed in the book of Revelation when we read in chapter 13, verse 7, And it was given unto him, the Antichrist, the power to make war with the saints, the Christians, and to overcome them. And power was given to him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. So yes, according to the word of God, 
there will be Christians here in the time of tribulation. Because who else is the Antichrist coming against? In fact, the word tribulation means trial against the Christians. Now we have to understand that there's a difference between tribulation and the wrath of God. We are not appointed unto wrath. God will never pour his wrath out upon us. But the devil, he does. He comes against the church. He always has. He always will. He fights the church, the true church, those who know their God and walk in great power and exploits led of the Holy Spirit, preaching purity, holiness, righteousness, and truth and leading others to it. The Antichrist comes to persecute those and for a season will begin to overcome them. But in the end, Jesus himself will step in and deal with him and the wrath of God will then be poured out upon the wicked. And those who have been faithful through the sifting will be protected. In fact, the Bible says that there is an angel sent out to place a supernatural spiritual mark of protection upon those who have cried out against the abominations that have been done in the land by the spirit of Antichrist. Those who pray night and day, those who preach righteousness, those who speak the truth no matter what it costs them, who say do not participate in sin and wickedness and reveling and death and abortion and perversion and fornication and bitterness and hatred and materialism and self-worship and idolatry, and selfishness, and hypocrisy. The wrath of God is reserved for the wicked, those who have come against his children at the end of the tribulation period. However, the tribulation is not upon the wicked, it's, a, it's upon the church from the wicked. The church is not taken out of tribulation according to scripture. It is our place to stand fast and shine the light and love of Christ through it, no matter what it cost us. In fact, Jesus himself prayed this when he prayed to the Father for all of his followers and all of those who would believe upon him throughout history. In John chapter 17, verse 15, when he said, I do not pray that thou should take them out of the world, but that thou should keep them from falling to the evil that is in the world. Jesus himself confirms this again when he was asked about the end times, as well as numerous other verses and passages throughout scripture. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus gives us a clear account of what will come in the last days and makes it very clear that his people will be here during the tribulation. In Matthew 24 verse 21, it says, For then shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for my elect's sake, who are there in those days, those days shall be shortened. So we see that Jesus tells us that during the time of great tribulation, his believers will be there, but he will not let the trial come to the point where it is so great that it completely overtakes them. Though they may be overcome for a season, he will step in. He will not allow the trial to be more than we can bear because there is a reason for it. And I'm about to bring you there. But first we need to see that in this same chapter of Matthew 24 in verse 29, Jesus tells us not only are Christians there during the tribulation, but he tells us at which point we will be taken from it. Verse 29, he says immediately after the tribulation of those days, 
Shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. This is when the Lord is coming to gather his children from the four winds of the earth and to take them up and bring them to the battle of Armageddon. He tells us without need for interpretation that it is immediately after the tribulation of those days. And then shall all tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the son of man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to another. So scripture makes it abundantly clear that tribulation is coming against the Christians. And that the hardships of the end times will be faced first by the church before the wrath of God comes against the world. Though I assure you that his wrath and vengeance will surely come against the ungodly persecutors of his bride. First tribulation comes that she might be tried and purified. This is why 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 7 says, For the time is come that judgment must begin first at the house of God. And if it first begins with us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? So we need to believe what Jesus spent much of his ministry warning us about and preparing us that before his return, there would be great persecution in the earth against the church. And in actuality, this is already happening. Christians are being persecuted, beheaded, and imprisoned by the thousands all over the world right now. How arrogant and selfish of the American church or any church to think that God will send a rapture when it gets to them. As if to say that their suffering has more value to God than the suffering of their brethren. The saints of old. The disciples. Or even Christ himself. When in actuality it's exactly this kind of mindset. That tribulation is coming to strip away. God is no respecter of persons. If he allowed it to happen to others and even his own son. It will happen to us. So the question is now, when it does, will you serve him anyway? Because Jesus himself said in John chapter 15, verse 20, Remember the word that I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If you are truly his, but not if you're part of the Antichrist system. Because the Bible says to be friends with the world makes you the enemy of God. But likewise, we can also say that to be friends with God makes you the enemy of the world. Being a child of God does not exempt you from hardship or persecution. In fact, it assures that you will face it. He's looking for a church that is selfless and faithful enough to serve him anyway, to worship him in the midst of it, to bring others to the knowledge of the truth, realizing that this is all temporary anyway. The greater reward, the greater glory comes at the end of the story because our king is coming. Will he find you a faithful bride, dressed in white, purified, and waiting when he does? Now, I understand that there are a lot of different teachings about this topic, 
And many of us just repeat what we've heard. We've not taken it to the word for ourselves. But I implore you to come before the Lord in prayer and ask him to personally show you and then open to what Jesus himself taught on the topic and believe it because he warned us for a reason. And I'm about to show you exactly what that is. Because now that we have established that the church will be here during the time of great tribulation and will be persecuted and even overcome for a season by the Antichrist, now we can ask, what is the purpose for all of this immense hardship? And for that answer, I bring you back to Daniel and our opening passage, which says, and I quote, so that many will be purified and made white and tried. In other words, their faith shall be tested. In this very difficult wilderness time period. It's because that the Bible says first there is a great falling away. The church begins to stray. It moves away from holiness, from purity, from righteousness, from being in agreement with the word of God, from following the leading of the Holy Spirit. And because that God loves us and is not willing to allow us to march headlong into damnation, believing all of the lies of the enemy, and the Antichrist system, that Babylonian captivity that we've been under, God has to move to bring purity. He's got to separate the wheat from the chaff. And the way that is done is that the wheat is gathered onto the threshing floor and it is stricken for a time by a tool called a tribulon. It's where the word tribulation comes from. It's how the wheat is purified. It's how the flesh is broken off of it. It's what makes it let go of the things that are worthless, useless, and hindering it from being pure, spotless, without blemish, so that it can be turned into bread, so that it can be made into the body of Christ, the bride. God gives us the easy option. Here's my word. It will sanctify you. It will tell you what is right, what is righteous, what is holy, if you will live by it. But in the end, many that refused will be purified by the tribulation when tribulation comes because he's trying to gather as much wheat in to his born for the harvest before the fires are lit for the chaff to be thrown in. So I tell you, my friend, a separating is coming. Prepare your heart to be found on the right side of it. So what is the purpose in tribulation? It's about forcing the church, the Christians, those who call themselves by his name, to be real, to stop being fake. It's to deal with the hypocrites. It's to separate the committed from the counterfeited. It's about purification. Understand that according to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 27, Christ is coming back for a pure, holy, and spotless bride. And the church of today in general does not fit that criteria. But through the refining and purifying fires of the trials of tribulation and affliction, the remnant church that stands true through the persecution to come will be. True repentance comes from a heart of brokenness and desperation. Therefore, tribulation is all about separating the sheep from the goats and clothing the bride of Christ in pure white robes of righteousness. It's about finding those who are willing to fight for their first love. It's about compassionately and selflessly helping our brethren in need. It's about exercising our faith 
and humility. It's about showing our fruits and being used by God in the face of total opposition. It's about becoming Daniels in Babylon. This is why Daniel could preach with compassion, though he did not have total revelation, and say that many will be purified and made white and tried, and the wicked will not understand what God is doing, but the wise, they will. So we read in Revelations chapter 6, verse 9, And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altars of heaven the souls of them that were slain, because that they spoke the word of God, and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. This is the time period that the Antichrist is given power to overcome that three and a half year period. The time, times, and half a times. There's a process to it. And there's reward for it. They were given white robes of righteousness. Because while God does not desire any suffering, remember that he created a perfect world in the beginning with no pain, no death, no tears. But because his mind is set on things eternal, he is more willing to allow hardships here that we might cry out, learn to fear the Lord God Almighty, repent and walk in righteousness, that we might receive the rewards of it for eternity than to allow us to walk in pride and prosperity for such a short time as what we have on this earth, but yet face damnation in hell with the devil who has deceived the nations forever. God is too loving. Yes, he will allow the church to endure hardship that it might be brought to repentance because only the righteous inherit his kingdom. And he wants to give every opportunity for you to enter into it. Perhaps the greatest revelation that Daniel has afforded us in his many visions about the tribulation time period is the one that he never spoke of and the one that no one really sees. That of the testimony of his life and the revelation that though immensely difficult and even painful at times, it is possible to maintain your faith, loyalty, and obedience to God through persecution and tribulation, even in the midst of Babylon. Therefore, let us be Daniels, because it is important at all costs that we maintain our profession of faith and be willing to help to lead the loss to the truth of Jesus Christ, no matter the price. Because when asked what the end would be like, in Matthew chapter 25, verse 31, Jesus replied, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth the sheep from the goats. 
and he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats shall he put on his left. And the sheep represent the obedient, the loving, the faithful, the selfless. But the goats, they represent the prideful, the arrogant, the selfish. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, the sheep, come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Then shall he say also unto them that are on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. It's serious, my friend, and it is because of his mercy that he allows tribulation, that there might be one last opportunity and push for repentance. In Revelations chapter 20, verse 4, it says, And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that had been beheaded for the witness of Jesus. And for the word of God, which they spoke, and because that they had not worshipped the beast. Remember that thing, that image that the Antichrist set up, just like Nebuchadnezzar did. Those who were Daniels and refused to worship it. Those that refused to be made silent. Those that continued to praise and to pray and to preach the truth of God's word, even when nobody wanted to hear it. Even to the point that they were beheaded for it. Neither had they received his mark in their forehead, nor in their hands. These lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The millennium, New Jerusalem, the kingdom of God set up on earth. And those that had the highest placement in it were those who were willing to be committed through trial and tribulation. They didn't expect to be saved from it, but they were determined to shine the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ through it. Oh Lord, help us to be Daniels too. God, we pray today for revelation and for understanding that in every trial and tribulation of our life, no matter how small or how great or how grand or even to the very end, when the greatest of all tribulation steps in and the Antichrist spirit manifests in physical form as the man Antichrist and begins to persecute the church and the believers, let us determine to not waver in our faith or bow down to the altar of convenience. Lord, when we face these minor tribulations of our life that we face now daily, the persecutions that come against us to try to sway us from the truth, from serving you. Let us not be shaken, but let it make us determined to be all the more pure for you. Let us not be sifted because you have prayed for us as you did for Peter, knowing that the shaking of the crucifixion was coming, you told him, Peter, Satan desires to sift you, but I have prayed for you. You have prayed for us, Lord. Let us also remember to pray for one another. Let us not forget daily to pray for the persecuted church that even now are being beheaded for the faith that they are expressing. 
And God, we thank you that you say that the greatest reward is stored up in heaven for those who are willing to endure with patience these great tribulations. So we thank you, Lord, when we face the trials of this life, when we are hated for your gospel's sake, and that if we are chosen to be among the generation that sees these things begin to come to pass, then we can stand before you without offense, but with gratitude and gratefulness and say thank you for loving us and trusting us with such a time as this that you would reserve for us the opportunity to be used for your glory as we endure these trials of great reward, knowing that there is a mighty outpouring on the other side of it because where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. The darker the night, the brighter the light gets to shine. And man's darkest hour is always God's hour of power. So we praise you that we were born for such a time as this, and we will commit to prepare our hearts to endure it with grace, with love, with mercy, with compassion, with humility, and with power, and not set our hearts on selfish desires. Because the word of God says in the book of Daniel that many who were among the believers will be deceived and led astray by this Antichrist through flattery and vain words. He will tell them what they want to hear, how to make it easy. He'll give them the please me message. And let me assure you, my friend, that the Antichrist is not coming to deceive the world. That would be pointless. They are already deceived. He is coming to deceive the church. That's why he moves in signs and lying wonders. He is a counterfeit of the Christ, of the Messiah. It's not just a world system. It's not just a military system. It's not just an economic system. It's not just a governmental system. It is, at its core and root, a religious system. And its purpose is to deceive you into participating in it. Don't participate in it. Do what Daniel did. He fasted. He prayed. And he spoke the word of the Lord, shining the light of truth in the midst of it. This is our purpose in being placed in it. Let us not miss it because of the deception and flattery and manipulation and delusion and confusion that is being preached by the Antichrist spirit. God, we pray for revelation. We pray for your wisdom that at the end of the age we might be found on the right side of history. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.